0: going to pray and jump in. If you're watching us uh, via Facebook, we're glad you're here. Uh, If you're watching any time in the future, we're glad you tuned in. Um, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you and praise you in the beauty of your holiness. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to come before you and, and, and get into your word. Now, Father, we ask that this word becomes alive Let it jump off the page or screens or however we're looking at it straight into our spirit. Let it change us, mold us, and make us more into your image every day. Let it change our mindset to what you want us to see about ourselves. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we have been talking about citizens of the kingdom and uh, uh, Pastor Ted and I have just been talking about This is really seriously a subject that can go on and on and on and on and on. Um, But what we've been looking at starting last week is um, healing being a kingdom principle. Um, And we have to understand that when you look at the kingdom being taught, even back into the Bible, healing always followed. Wherever the kingdom of God was taught Healing followed. And so it should be the same for us today. And so I I began to think on things, and I want to say this, and if it offends you, maybe it's good. Uh, How many of you know it's okay to be offended? Sometimes if we don't get offended, it just doesn't challenge our belief system. But if we struggle accepting that healing is part of the kingdom of God, If we struggle accepting that healing is part of the kingdom of God, you will not enter that part of the kingdom. If we struggle with, listen folks, there can be no access where there is no acceptance. So if we can't accept that, then we can't access that. That doesn't mean it's not there, that doesn't mean that God's holding it back from us. The only person that's holding this back from me is me, but I cannot access what I refuse to accept. And so when I thought about that today, and I want you to remember that as we look at these things, where there is no access, there is no, there, there is no acceptance. You, you, if there's no acceptance, there's no access. Dee was uh, in a conversation with somebody one time and they were on the subject of healing. And she kept talking and they kept talking about healing and giving their thoughts and uh, they kept giving scripture that went the opposite way than their thoughts. Cause you know, that's often what scripture does, goes the opposite of our thoughts. Um, and so every time they gave a thought, she gave a scripture and they gave a thought, she gave a scripture. And this went on for, what'd you say, two hours? Just back and forth, just her laying out scripture, and finally the person came down and just looked at her and said, "I know that's what the Bible says, but I can't believe it." Am I lying? If you're like a redneck term, if I'm if I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> So it said, no matter, I mean, you know what? And we, we take that as like, oh, I can't believe that because us good charismatic Pentecostal people, we've been taught healing. We've been taught the power of God, but not everybody's been taught this. And so when they haven't been taught this or they've went to the, where they finally said, well, I just don't believe that it's God's will. So what happens is now they can't access that part of the kingdom. And the only thing that's locked them out is their own mindset toward healing. God's not withholding from them. And, and, and so they see these little things. So what I want to encourage you to do is just begin to accept. Yeah, and we can all come up with people and names of why they didn't get healed. Wish I could tell you why. But I can tell you whose fault it is not. It's not God's. You've heard me say it, if you've been a part of this church since I've pastored here, you'll hear me say it a million more times. If I fall over dead tonight, his next message better be healing. Her next message better be healing. Because it's not God's will that any should be sick. If it was God's will that we should deal with sickness and just go on, then we would have to see where Jesus would go up to somebody and say, not you. Or that Jesus will say, I'm going to make you sick. So remember, Jesus is God in, in body. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, he said, I come not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And so if we want to see God's will concerning healing, look at what Jesus did in the area of healing. And the only thing that we can see, Phyllis, that, he, that Jesus did, he healed So if I am not receiving healing, it's because I am not accepting something. And so I'm I'm withholding access or I'm holding on to something that I need to let go. We'll get into that on another day. So I wanna look at who taught principle of the kingdom. Because for some reason, this whole idea of teaching about the kingdom is foreign to some people. And it is flat out heresy to others. They look at us like you're crazy, you're nuts, um, you're a heretic and you know, but at the same time, I always warn people, I so be careful who you call a heretic because there's generally a group of people out there who are saying the exact same thing about you, you know? So why don't we just leave people alone, and let them believe what they wanna believe? But who taught the kingdom? Go to Acts chapter 8. I just want to show you two people who actually taught the kingdom. And you'll be surprised that most of the last chapter, last half of Acts was all one person. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, he says, But when they believed Philip's preaching about the kingdom of God... And the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. So, what did Philip preach? Tells us right there. He preached the kingdom. Now, what is the kingdom? You know, we were talking about uh, Bill the other night when he uh, gave his his message, and, and Linda and I were talking about how you know his message is always identity. You know, he's one of the greatest identity teachers you'll hear. And I said, yeah, it's so good when you're not pastoring. You can take one thing and and learn everything there absolutely is about it. But that's one part of the kingdom. But Bob and I were talking today about some people who were teaching some things and and decided to come out against other things. And it's like, just stay in your lane. God has given you a revelation of this thing. Stay where it's at, you know? And so I just want, want you to catch that first. Philip taught the kingdom. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Look at verse eight. It says, uh, talking of Paul here. He says, he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, lecturing and persuading concerning what? The kingdom of God. He lectured them and persuaded them about the kingdom of God, verse nine. But when, some were, but when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way. All right, side note. You do know that Christianity did not begin as called Christianity. It was called the way. You can look at several scriptures. They called it the way. I remember, we should to get back to that. Let's just get away. We're not Christians, we're people of the way because Christianity can be a dangerous and a cruel religion. Yes, I said it. You'll probably have to answer for it. It can be, but man, Jesus's way is a way of healing. Jesus's way is a way of prosperity. Jesus's way, see, there's a difference in knowing Jesus and, and knowing Christianity. (laughs) There's a difference in following him and following a set of rules and regulations and as long as you tick the right boxes, you're all good. But anyhow, side note, I'm trying not to get into because it took me down a rabbit hole as I was studying this. It said, uh, but they spoke evil of the way. Before the crowd, he withdrew from them and took the disciples lecturing them daily in the school of Tyrannius. There was a school for people to learn. Imagine that. Well, I don't believe people ought to have to go to school. It's funny, the Paul set up schools. <laughs> it's even back in the old covenant, okay. There's nothing wrong with education. There's, there's nothing wrong with being educated in the things of God. Find you men and women, find a, find a school. It's okay. Listen, I've had stuff, I've seen stuff on Facebook. D's looking at me like, why are you acting this way? Because I've seen things that's absolutely hurt my heart today. I've seen it hurt my heart. And I've come in, and these two guys had to catch it right off the bat. As I come in and just unloaded on both of them. Of what I see happening on Facebook right now among believers, and it makes me sick. But anyhow... Acts 28, I'll tell you about it later, baby. Acts 28, verse 30. <laughs> Paul remained two whole years in his own rented house. I oh, still hear pages. Acts twenty eight thirty. Paul remained two whole years in his own rented house and he welcomed all who came to him, boldly and freely preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, I want us to understand as we're talking about kingdom, that it was so vital that Paul would spend months, even years in one place. See, we read the book of Acts and we think all this stuff happened day after day after day after day. We don't realize it was written over years, okay? So Paul would spend months or years on, in a school, we're at his own house and everybody who would come into his house, he would just preach the kingdom to him, And what God had shown them so through the kingdom. So we, I want you to understand first before we get into uh, kingdom authority, that's what we're gonna talk about today, of concerning healing. I want you to understand that it's not a crazy thing for people to be focusing on the kingdom of God. <laughs> the kingdom of God is not heaven. We think, oh, there's streets of gold and gates of pearl, and there is in the capital city, (laughs) but the capital city is not the kingdom. The word says that the kingdom is where? In you, and that capital city is not gonna be way off in the sky. Well, let's just go ahead and rip it all down now. It's not gonna be way off in the sky somewhere The word says that that place that we think we go to when we die comes down and settles on the earth. And it says that its gates will not, why am I on this? It says that its gates will not be closed at all. So people will be able to go from the earth into the capital city where the throne of God is, where it's a perfect square, 1,500 miles by 15, and it's streets of gold and all of that. And that's why it still grows trees that are for the healing of the nations, so that the nations can come in and be healed and go out. We're not going off into some place. We ain't getting out of here. (laughs) You mean I don't go to heaven when I die? No, you go to the presence of the Lord. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. (laughs) He's gone to prepare that place. That place will come back and settle on the earth. This is is the kingdom, when we talk about how it changes and affects what goes on here. We're not looking, oh this would get me in trouble. We're not looking to promote Christianity. We're looking to promote the kingdom of God. (laughs) That is settled on the inside Oh, my goodness. So I'm trying to get back over into walking in authority. (laughs) Go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. I hope y'all can catch up with my brain tonight because I've got so much stuff going on and why the whole uh, kingdom thing... uh, capital city thing came out, I don't know, but somebody needs it. Luke chapter nine, verse one. And then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power, we looked at this verse last week, and authority over what? All demons and to cure diseases. So he handed to them his power and his authority so that every demonic force would be subject to them and that every sickness would be subject to them. Well, that was the apostles. I know that was the apostles. Well, that was his first, they weren't apostles then, they were just disciples. They were the same thing we are. Followers of the way of Christ. And he says that, that he gave them a power, dunamis, dynamite, magnificent, show stopping uh, and authority that authority is the legal power it is the right to command and to act on behalf of another so what he gave them he said i can't be everywhere why do you think jesus said in in these john 12 he said the works that i do you'll do but even greater now, how can you get greater than raising someone from the dead? How can you get greater than, than, than doing a bunch? You can't. So what he meant was, not that we're going to do greater in, wow, look at this. But he was one man walking in the full authority of his Godhead, walking with a full of the Holy Spirit, but he could only be in one place at a time. What he was going to do was release his spirit that's why when he, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he was crucified and he cried out and he gave up the ghost, the word says that the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. An eight and a half inch thick curtain that was what, 20 feet tall? Ripped from the top. It's, the curtain was so thick that they couldn't even, you can't, no piece of light could get through it. And when he said it's finished and he gave up the ghost, it was ripped from top to bottom and the Holy Spirit came out and now there's not just one Christ. All who follow the way, that's why we're called Christians, right? They were making fun of us, calling us little Christ. So he says, you'll do greater works because there's gonna be all over you. There's gonna be all over the world. I am gonna set up my kingdom and you are going to carry my kingdom and I give you power and I give you authority over all demons and over all diseases. Folks, if we would just remember who we actually are. And look what he did in verse two. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It's part of the kingdom. When Paul was preaching the kingdom, people were getting healed. Well, how much so? We still carry on what Paul did today. It says, and so there was people who they would take the clothes of Paul and they would cut pieces of his clothing off and they would send them to people so that all who touched that all who touched those garments were healed. We call them prayer cloths today. You walk in hospitals and you'll see them pinned to everybody, it's people who don't even believe, they'll pin them, they'll pin them to a bed, they'll pin them to their clothes, they'll pin them to something, why? Because they've hurt, see that is what is still entrapped, encased inside of you as you carry this kingdom message, you have that authority. You have that power, Jesus, but Jesus gave it to the disciples. But we read a few weeks ago, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did it, and it also says that he is not a respecter of person. So if he did it for them, he'll do it for us. And if he'll do it for us, long after I'm gone, he'll still be a healer. It's part of the kingdom. It's just who we are. It's just what we are. And it doesn't matter what you were raised. It doesn't matter the name over the door. It doesn't matter if, if you're Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ, Pentecostal, it doesn't matter. These are works of the kingdom of God, not a denomination. That's right. Maybe if we got rid of the denomination, it just went back to the way. Hmm. Power and authority lies within you. Your authority is the legal right to act or command on behalf of another. Isn't that what that definition says if you're looking at it? To act. So who am I doing? What am I doing? When I go into a place and I begin to realize and I have to understand that when I walk into the room, I, was, I was talked to somebody about this just this week in my office that when you walk into a room, you're carrying God into that place. You're carrying the kingdom of God into the place. Whatever room you walk in, you carry the kingdom of God into that room. Now we know the earth is filled with his glory. We we, we know that. But he also said the kingdom of God is in you. So if the kingdom of God is in me, folks, let me tell you something. I don't get on a plane that I don't reach out and touch it. Ever. I get on a plane, I touch the door when I'm walking in, saying, God, I thank you. This plane is blessed because I'm on it. (laughs) I do. Your job is blessed because you're there. Why? Because you bring the kingdom of God there. Every person you come in contact with is blessed because, but what if they're a believer too? Then guess what? You've doubled up the size of the kingdom in that room. (laughs) I give you power and the legal right to act on my behalf. Why are we not acting on his behalf? I'm gonna, I don't know who will watch this. No, I'm not gonna do it, I better not. I was gonna tell a story, better not. (laughs) It may, it may out somebody for something. (laughs) Woo why does sickness come back? If we have this power and we have this authority, why do we often see sicknesses come back? The reason is I was just talking to him. (laughs) I was just talking to Pastor Ted in my office because we forget who we are what we are, and the promises that we've made to God. Well, and I was talking about somebody that, and I said, you know, they they need to remember what God told them. That God told them, it's time to get serious, it's time to get it straight, it's time to get on it. Well, isn't it funny that how, once we're out of the dark place, that we kind of get relaxed, yeah, you know, and we don't push forward like we were when we thought it was going to be bad. Once, once we get past it, Galen, we're like, ah, okay. And we let our guard down. Go, if you will, to Matthew chapter 12. So God gave us power and authority, legal right to act on his behalf. So if we have this legal right, then why does sickness come back? Y'all okay tonight? I'm not too scattered. (laughs) I've got so much stuff in my head. uh, And I didn't know it was all gonna come out on you all. (laughs) Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 43. And when an unclean spirit comes out of a man, now wait a minute, you're talking about healing, not unclean spirits. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It's not gonna be in your notes. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I'll I'll quote it for you if you're looking. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That tells me sickness is an oppression of the devil. That means sickness is demonically based. It doesn't mean they're possessed. Please understand that. And if you're watching on Facebook, I did not say sick people are possessed. but it is an oppression. That's a big word right now in our world, everybody thinks they're oppressed. Sickness is an oppression, okay? How God went about it, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth who went about doing good, Acts 10, 38, and what did he do? He was healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now go back to Matthew chapter 12. The scriptures are fun. They all fit, Bob, like a hand and glove. (laughs) Matthew chapter 12. And when an unclean spirit, I'm I'm in verse 43. And when an unclean spirit goes out of a man and it passes through dry places seeking rest but finds none, then it says, I will return to my house from whence I came. Well, where was his house? the person who was thrown out of. He says, I will go back to my house, they think they own us, from whence I came and when it comes, it finds it empty and swept and put in order. In other words, everything's cleaned up and everything's straight, but nothing is living there. We didn't fill it with something. Sickness often comes back because once we get past, we either lose the praise, we lose the gratitude, we lose the gratefulness, we lose the vision that He gave us, and all of a sudden that place is clean and it's swept and it's it's all good, but there's nothing else living there. There's nothing else taking that place. And this is why many times we see sickness come back. Not every time. But many times we see sickness come back because once we get past the bad, once we get past the, thank God, then we sit back and we take it easy we're like, okay, I can just cruise now. God, I know I told you I would do X, Y, and Z, but my favorite shows on there, you know, it's just not as important now because I don't feel as scared now. He says, and when it comes back and it finds its house uh, empty and swept and put in order, then it goes and brings with itself seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And so it be also with this evil generation. Sometimes, sickness comes back. How many times have we seen it? If you've been around anybody for long enough, oh, they got healed, they got healed, and then all of a sudden, five years later, six years later, it's worse than it was the first time. Why? Because we often leave our house unswept. We don't push that kingdom that's on the inside of us. We forget the promises and the conversations that we had with God. And we forget these things. Now again, I'm not saying that's the reason every time. But one of the reasons, because I've had people ask me that. Well, why does it come back? If you have this authority, why can you just cast it out? And it come back when it wants to. It doesn't come back when it wants to. It comes back when it has no place else to go. And then it comes back to see what Rachel has put inside that house. Is that house filled And in a conscious reminder that that she carries the kingdom of God. And if she is leaving that backward, guess what? House is now empty. Yeah, Yeah, the Holy Spirit's in there, but come on, you got (laughs) to. The kingdom authority over sickness was settled on the cross. And if we can't accept that, then we can't access kingdom healing. Jesus cried out, it is finished. Do you know what he was declaring right there? He was declaring that the cross is the final answer to all of mankind's issues. (laughs) The cross is the final answer to all of our issues. The cross is final judgment on sin. How can it be the final judgment on sin? Well, there's a little scripture and somebody can look it up if you want to. Search it out. Where Jesus is talking to them and they're talking about the judgment of the world and he said now is the judgment of the world. Him being here was judgment on the world. Him going to the cross was the finalization of that judgment. (laughs) I didn't say it, he did He said, now's the final judgment on sin. Now is the final judgment on sickness. It's finished. The final judgment on death is done. Folks, we've got to understand that if the cross does not become our central focus, if the relationship that we have with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, yes, all three live inside, They're they're so awesome they can live outside, inside, around, that if we don't understand that that kingdom is in us, we will struggle getting healed, and we'll struggle staying healed. And let me tell you how easy it is. You wake up tomorrow and everything hurts. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about just being old. That whatever you got is hurting, and you go, well, I guess it didn't go away like I thought. I guess I wasn't healed. I guess it just wasn't God's will. Listen, you're speaking the curse all over yourself. You're bringing this all over yourself. Well, I just don't know why God won't heal me. That was settled on the cross. That was a done deal. It's a time of thanksgiving and gratitude. We've got to fill that kingdom. We've got to fill that house with something or else we're gonna find ourselves in a perpetual revolving door. I'm good, I'm not good, 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 I'm good, I'm not good. It's it's like trying to uh, know your identity in Christ by picking a flower and going, "He he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. It don't, ha- you don't have to go through, as much as we don't have to guess whether God loves us or not, we do not have to guess whether it's God's will to heal me or not. Mm. He gave me power and authority over all demons. Well now, wait, you ever heard that? Shh, don't say that, the devil will get you. We've terrified our kids of that junk and they don't even realize We've raised a whole generation that they don't know that greater is he that is in them than he that's in the world. Greater is he that is in them. And so they don't understand the kingdom. And so they keep slipping and they keep slipping and they keep finding out why don't I have any authority over this? Because the church has done real good at telling them you better be careful. Colossians chapter two. Listen, this is not gonna be real long today. I decided we're gonna come and talk about authority, blow up and get out of here. Colossians chapter two, look at verse six. In the same way you received Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith progressing further into your union with him. What does that mean? That that means you can grow in your understanding of your union with Christ. Just because, I say, God, I desire to know you. Doesn't mean I don't know him. Listen, if he's got angels that encircle the throne and for the last millennia and and eternity past and eternity present, all they can say is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Don't you tell me that they have seen different parts of him? I believe there's so much to our God that we can never know enough. And that's why they keep crying. They keep seeing something new every time they circle that throne. See something they didn't see about him. And for us to sit and say, well, you know, it's all, it's all shoved up in you anyhow. I can grow in that. I can understand that more. Why do you think what's happening down in Kentucky and in in parts of Ohio right now? It's people coming alive to what's inside of them. It's not people trying to chase down God. It's people coming alive. And there's nothing wrong when they have a revelation. When they get a revelation of who God is. (laughs) Oh, well. In the same way you receive Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey. Oh, no, I figured it out. God's in me and I'm in him, so I'm just gonna sit right. Like you figured out God in your last 45 years. (laughs) You've got him all figured out. In the same way you received Jesus our Lord Messiah by faith continues. Don't stop growing. Don't stop chasing him down. He's not running from you, he's running directly at you. You're not going away. He's not trying to get away from you. He's drawing closer to you. Well, I don't believe I can get any closer to God. Then why did he say resist the devil? And he'll flee draw nigh to God, and he will draw near to you. I can get closer. My understanding and my revelation of my union with Christ can get deeper. It's all up, In the same way, I'm I'm telling you, take this. In the same way you receive Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with Him. For in Him lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when, the closer I get to Him, the closer I get the fullness of the Godhead. How arrogant of me. I know he's not separated. There is no separation between me and him, but there is a separation in sometimes my understanding. And for me to think that I've got it figured out and that there's not more of him than I have ever seen, then you serve a small, small God. Hallelujah. For in him lives all the fullness of the, of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Man, imagine if we had understand that verse. That I'm not shy of anything. I'm not lacking in any part of God. That I am complete. 100% totally complete in God. And you are too. But that doesn't mean my understanding can't keep drawing and pulling and saying, God, I wanna know you better today. Listen, we have been married for almost 28 years and our kids cannot figure out why we still never, there's never a quiet moment in our house. Now Reese, he's a quiet dude, but we talk constantly because after 28 years, I still wanna know more about her. There are things that happened in her today that I don't know yet, that I am going to push into tonight so that I can know more about her. And I think that I can understand God. Push, go deeper into him. He's not running away, he's running too. You're already not separated, we are whole and complete in him. But I still wanna know what happened in your day. And I still wanna know what else he holds for the future. And I wanna know what else his grace does. And I wanna know because I haven't figured it all out yet. Come on, come on. But I do know this and I know, I know, I know you don't have to tell me I'm off on healing. <laughs> I know, I get it. But I'm just giving you what God's given me today. And it's burned inside of me all day long. That I just wanna know him. Man, We have spent 27 years together and I want to know her more and there ain't nothing except we know everything. We don't hide anything, but I want to know what happened today because there's something that changed her reality that I still need to know and God is the reality maker he is the reality breather. And he creates realities that we don't even know about. So I want him to tell me all the secrets. Uh, let me tell you something. My son one day, he prayed, God, show me the universe. And all of a sudden, he said it was like you're watching a Star Trek or Star Wars, where you go into warp speed and all the stuff's flying by. And he's like, God, what is all this? He said, that's not the universe. He said, that's the microcosm. That's the little teeny tiny things you don't see. And we think we know it all. Come on, we can push into him. I, want that, I challenge you, push into him. He's not gone anywhere. He's, I'm gonna preach, one of the things you'll hear on Sunday morning is we have to remember how near God is. How close is he? He's so close he lives on the inside of you. You're his house. But man, just because I've been with him for uh, 34 years, 35 years now, I want to know more, Galen, because I know I don't have him figured out, because the moment I've got him figured out, he can't be my God anymore. Because <laughs> then we're equal. And I know we can, all, we can go to Philippians. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So we are equal with God. Yeah, I know. I know that. Just like she and I are equal, but she's, things still happened in her life today that I don't know yet, that I want to know. And I know that there are things inside of God that I've yet to discover. He's not hiding them. I'm just gonna push. So let me encourage you. Dig in. He's not running from you. I, this is just what you get. And you are completing him who is the head of all authority and power. Our authority and power, he is the head of it all. And having disarmed authorities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing, triumphing over them by. He won it all, Carrie, at the cross. It was all one. He made a public spectacle of the enemy and then he said, I'm giving you the authority. I'll be the head of this authority. I'll be ahead of this power and now you go and you take authority over all demon. You take authority over all sickness. You have the power to act on my behalf. Now go and release the kingdom on every one you touch. Man, you say, well, God, I don't know what else to know. Then come in here and find some more. Go to Ephesians chapter one. God's so good. He's so exciting. Man, if you have never been excited about God, You've been in the wrong place. This is exciting. He is a new thing to be discovered every day. Well, I don't believe that. But why is his mercy new every morning then? I get to discover new mercy every day. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. <laughs> Better put my glasses on. Verse 19. I pray that you'll continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power. That means every day I get to discover his greatness is what? Immeasurable. His person is immeasurable. He said, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you. So what's made available to me, Monica, immeasurable greatness of God's power. See, he's not hiding anything. He's not chasing any, running away. He's on a head-on collision with you. Mm. Then your life, oh, made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works where? His power works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead. What lies in you? The resurrection power of God. The same power that called Jesus out of the pit of hell into his body and out of a grave. That same power lies in you. (laughs) No wonder he made a show of them openly. Do you know that the word tells us that when Jesus was resurrected, that the graves around the town of Jerusalem burst open, that there were other dead that walked too? And people saw their, can you imagine? The power was so great to raise Jesus from the dead, it raised other people up too. And that same power is in you and he wants you to discover how great it is. Well, he's not hiding it from you. No, my, my parents came to my house last night. They came up for one day. My mom said, I gotta get these Christmas credits because we haven't seen them. We didn't get to go, go in for Christmas. We haven't seen them since like November. She said, I gotta get these Christmas presents out of my house. So they came up last night for one night. They left this morning and brought all these. It looked like Christmas in my house last night. And you know what? It wasn't that my kids, my wife, not like that we didn't get presents, but we still had to open them. They were ours. They didn't hold them back from us, but what if we would just left the pretty bows on them? What if we just left the pretty packet wrapping on and we didn't take the time to dig in? God's not hiding anything, holding anything back. He's saying, here, just start unwrapping. And you ever seen those little mean tricks that people pull? And they put one box inside of another box, inside of another box, inside of another box. That's the way it is with God. But every time I open a box, I see something new. And every time I open something else, there's something new I didn't see before. And every time I open something else, there's something new I didn't see before. And I never get to the end of it because it's immeasurable. It's immeasurable of his greatness. And I can never get to the end. My goodness, this is fun. <laughs> it's the same mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to a place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority and government. Maybe an America needs to hear that. Can I read that one again with that mindset? And he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age but the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. He is the source. I continually go and stay plugged into Him. He is the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given Him the highest rank above all others. And now we, His church, are His body on the earth. And that which fills Him who is being filled. By it not only are we filled but we're continuing to be filled not only has the Holy Spirit fallen and filled us but there are infillings that are yet to come Mm. keep going don't stop yeah you've got him but there's more to discover he is the head and we're just diving in as deep as we can go Yes, we're already in Christ. Yes, we're already complete in him. But man, there's still more to discover. There's still more to discover. I discover more about you every day, just like I do with her. We show this example all the time. How's your week been? How's your day been? You know why? I wanna know you more flip over one page to Ephesians 2 and I'm gonna quit I hope this excites you as much as it's excited me (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 he raised us up with Christ the exalted one and we ascended with him into glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. Some of you may know it as we are seated together with him in heavenly places. He raised us up and we are forever seated on the throne. So where do we, we're not going to the throne saying, hey, can I get to know you better? We're sitting on the throne with him and we can look over and say, tell me more. Show me more about you. Show me something I've never seen. Show me grace that I've never seen. Show me mercy that I've never seen. Show me things that, I, that, that no one has ever seen. There are mysteries inside of him. And he says, you he have raised us up and seated us together with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended with him into glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated with Christ and if we are co-seated with Christ then we have been given kingdom authority over everything demonic over sickness and disease and that is what he has set in you so what are you waiting on do what Mark says (coughs) lay hands on the sick let them recover Oh, that kind of scares me. Why? He's not holding anything back. Yeah, but I I know people who believed. And it didn't work. It wasn't God. Like I said, I've been healed too many times. I've seen too many miracles, Rachel. I've seen it. You can't talk me out of it now. But for me, I'm going to keep diving. And I'm going to keep swimming in the glory pool of him. And he's going to show me more. And he will. That's right, Carrie. And he will. So let me encourage you. Dive in. It's waters to swim in. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you in the beauty of your holiness. Oh, Father, let me never lose sight of how immeasurably great you are. Let me always remember that you are everything. You're everything I need. You're everything the church needs. That we are complete and made whole in you. We're lacking nothing, but there's still more to show. And so we, we open up, we receive, and we do what you told us to do, walk in power and walk in authority for the kingdom is here and it's in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen.